Blog Talk Radio. I'm Ace Knight, and of course, with me tonight is Techie Joe. How are you, darling? I'm doing great. How are you this evening? Doing well. You know, it's a busy, busy season for me. You know, end of the month, end of the first year, first quarter, you know, first month of the year, yada, yada, running around like a madman, but doing well. What about you? Um, well, you know, if I could just get some of this health crap straightened out, um, I've spent mm-hmm. another week on antibiotics, two of them this time, um, Ooh, and that always up. makes me fun, um, yes. so I'm kind of surprised I'm not single, I'm even more surprised that our friends are even talking to us, well, you know, because, the, it, you know, yeah, I know. Well, you know, you're not single because we've done this. That caused the first yeah, issue. Yeah. We're not, you know, we're not going. You know, we're going to look at that and for what it is. He goes on medication. I go, uh huh, uh huh. Okay, honey, whatever we need to do. And then when he comes off medication, here's your list. Yep. There you go. <laughs> You know, this is what I need from you to repair what you've done. Call negotiations. I think it's a fair trade-off. You know, I need a new commercial. I need a database. You now need to send muffin baskets to these four people. You know, I just keep score and make sure you take your meds. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. This is going to yeah. be a really long honeydew list, isn't it? No, not really. Okay. Most of it's already in your planner. It's just in the wrong color. Oh, okay. Yeah, no. See, I use one pen color. That's it. Okay, let me rephrase that. It's in my planner, but it's in the wrong clean color. Yes. I'm not carrying around the giant, massive bag of the Technicolor rainbow that your planner is done in. No. Not doing it. Mm-mm. No. I, know. I do not I know. want it to look like a unicorn shit on a page. 
well, you know, some days it looks like that, and other days it looks like someone has murdered something. Because, um, of course, if it's overdue, it's in red. Oh, yeah, this is true. In my yeah. defense, I've been sick, and I needed an MRI. Uh-huh. Anyway. And, you know, in your defense, I'm well, it's not even your defense. And, you know, our listening audience's information, before you ask, he's fine, he's sober, he will be sober for at least another five more days, and we will be fine. Don't be, I don't want anything male about how I'm being mean to Zeki Joe, because I'm really not being mean to Zeki Joe. Well, you are, but we're mean to each other. Like, it wouldn't be our household if we weren't. Right. You know, if we <laughs> pick on each other, we but have don't issues. Lie to the people. Like, don't clean this up and make them think that we are, like, way nicer to each other than we normally are. Well, there's times that we're nicer to each other, but in general, yeah, you know, it, we we have, and you know, this has been a recent discussion with our friends. Me and him have a love and destroy relationship. We love each other, and at times we will tear into each other, and you'll think, dear God, a flyer won't lay on him. But at the end of the well, day, but it's. We still well, love each other. Hold on. Before you say that, and it sounds a lot worse than it is. Um, okay. Jesus Christ, honey. <laughs> like, really? Like, that's what you went with. Okay, awesome. Great. Now we sound like an abusive couple. Uh, not exactly. Maybe. Huh? Co abusive. Well, yeah, there's a little bit of that. Um, but no, it's not like we're in knockdown, drag out, like beat each other senseless mode. It's just sometimes our spirited debates um, could uh-huh. be taken from the sidelines as a lot more than spirited. <laughs> they can be but taken from the sidelines as, person. oh my God, they are. Have, what I get, what I find is so hilarious. And I'm not going to say who they are, but you know who they are. Me and you will be having a average day conversation. Okay. Playing game of cards, whatever. Yeah, blah, 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 and blah, 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 blah. And, you know, him firing back and me firing back. And all we're doing is sorting out what we're having for dinner, what time we're leaving, what time I have to be up in the morning, and exactly who's driving home. Yes. Yes. Now, this is one of the rare places that I go that I can't smoke. So I go step out. Are you guys okay? You guys seem like you're mad at each other. I'm like, no. No, we're talking to each other. (laughs) We're not talking to each other. Yeah, pretty much, yeah. This This is how this goes. It, it gets fun sometimes, and I can kind of see that from the sideline. I really uh-huh. can. Um, yeah. Because sometimes it is just like, well, what, you know, like it's an expletive laden, like, well, why do we have to do that? Right. 
And, you know, it's Tuesday. That's what that is. Um, you know. Yeah. Or, you know, what I find is very interesting and we confuse people all the time with is they're always trying to figure out who's in control. Oh, yeah. That's fun. Yeah. It's like, well, who controls the relationship? It depends on the day and what we're doing. You know, if we're at an event, by golly, I have the best assistant, the sweetest husband in the world. If we're planning to go tear into somebody's house and rewire their system, he's got the best little handyman he ever saw. Just how it works. You know. Yeah. Well, it's it's whatever like whatever the project is, there's stuff we co handle. Um, and that's usually when we get to the debatey stage. Right. And it sounds really bad, but it's just like, these are my cards. I'm putting them on the table. Mm-hmm. We're going to, like, you know, if this needs to be a slugfest, it'll be a slugfest. And I mean that figuratively. Um, yeah. You know, um, I don't want to do that. Um, <laughs> and then I get told why we have to do that. Um, and vice versa, vice versa, it happens. Yeah, it, you it, know, it's okay. why do we, you know, and example, why do we, and we have this, why in the world do we have to go through this? And, you know, we've done check the system three times. It's done. It's fixed. It's wonderful. Now we have to check it another time because we just fixed the pro- two other problems before this. I didn't get this. Yeah. Yeah, this ain't my job. Yeah, you're, I'm not you're, a hardware boy. You, no, well, or uh, well, I mean, it's not that you're not a hardware boy. It's that the software I was using, because um, we were we were cleaning up one of your systems, and the software that I was using ends up taking multiple passes because it's kind of like you know. Basically, you're going in and assume the worst that this is a flood-damaged house. One bucket of mop water is not going to handle this. You're going to have to make a second pass. Um, Mm -hmm. Probably a third, maybe a fourth, potentially a fifth. We're going to keep going until that water quits turning black. And mm-hmm. effectively, the results it's popping up are telling me, yeah, that's some really dark, dark mop water. So yeah. we need to go again. And, mm-hmm. yeah, the, that whole time you were like, I don't get Like, I've never done this this way before. Why are you doing it this way before? And then every time we ran into kept kicking stuff back, and you're like, oh. Yeah, I understand now. I got it. Yeah, I'm like, yeah. Mm-hmm. So, but anyway. Or you know, we do an event, and I'm like, you need to schedule me for these smoke breaks. And yeah, well, like, that's great. Yeah, that's, we'll get that, baby. We'll see. You know, well, like, what happened to that event? Like, if we're gonna have this argument on air, we're gonna have this argument on air. <laughs> What happened at this event? What he happened was, we. This is my first time being his handler, 
at an event. So I'm supposed to basically Vanna White him for the evening and, you know, create his list of clients and what order they're going in and schedule in breaks. Okay, here's the problem we had. This is my first time doing this. I know that he needs a break. Um, and before I could get my, like, mojo going, it went from, like, one client signed up, then another one, to I had a line of 15 people. <laughs> and I'm taking names as quickly as I can and trying to go, okay, next, you know, next, next, next. And we got to this point that they were, like, literally sitting there kind of, um, oh, I can't even remember the word right now. I hate antibiotics. Um, I want to say prairie dogging, but that's not the word. Like, um, hovering is what I mean, but anyway, it involves an animal I can't remember. Vulturing, vulturing, that's what I'm trying to say. They were circling like vultures. The minute someone uh-huh. got out of that chair, they knew they were next, so they just went on up. And uh-huh. I'm like, um, help. <laughs> I don't know how to fix them. Yeah, because, um, so you know, you're not used to this. Yeah, nobody were killed. No insurance claims were filed. Um, no property was damage was incurred. Incurred. Yeah. By the way, and then, this is you a common know, phrase that we say to each other. Yes, at the end of the day. Did you kill anybody? Everyone no. survived. Do I need to order roses? No, no. insurance claims were filed. No property damage occurred. <laughs> and sometimes that's the only win. Like, that's the win. That's that's where we're at. <laughs> it is. Like, it'll be but, easy. you know, these are negotiations. These are things that go on in a bare relationship. Yeah, yeah, and, you know, people don't get that, you know, because we're both independent, domineering. When it comes to our departments, oh, you better not. See, I don't think um, I'm domineering. This is the point where you laugh hysterically and burst my bubble, isn't it? Like, our friends that are listening are just sitting back going, (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, okay, got it. Well, no, darling, I just have one word for you. Actually, one phrase. Oh, Lord. Just one. I'm ready. I'm waiting. Uh Uh-huh. Um. (laughs) Cooking. We have a new rule in the kitchen for cooking. Yes. Yes, we do. Yeah. Okay. So I can be a little domineering, but that's a co area that we share. And yes. yes, I have a very bad habit of we are cooking dinner turns into get out of my way. Why are you doing it this way, and why don't we do that? And, you know, 
it's like I push in. I really do. I push in. And, yeah, a couple of times it's been like, I thought we were cooking dinner together. This is me. I thought we were cooking dinner together. What happened? Uh-huh. <laughs> because now you're in another room like, all right, you're cooking dinner. Got it. Understand. And I'm so back at, but we were cooking. No, we are not. You took over. All right, right. valid point. Got it. Yeah. Or, you know, I get the reputation for possibly attempting to stab you. Yes. Could you please be careful? Like, I understand the utility of a pointer when directing me towards stuff. The longest knife in my knife block is not a pointer. It isn't the longest one. It's just the heaviest one that has the right oh, weight I'm, to chop something. Well, that's right. I forgot the bread knife. Ooh. But, yeah. Just be careful. But, yes. Anyway. So, yeah, we've had to, anyway. you know, there's always things that pop up. Yeah, it's, it's, it's fun. It's fun. Yes. Videos. So, yeah. So, we've got three topics for this evening. I'm well, you know, we have... Oh, yeah, we're transitioning. We've been trying to transition okay. for, into events because we want to talk about one that, you know, I've done in the past. Um, <laughs> you've, you've been to them. You've organized many of them. Mm-hmm. Um, yes. Um, and it, this comes well. Okay, let's just jump in. Um, so basically, like the heading for this one is: Do allies belong in the vendor space of Pride events? Like, how does that work? Is that a like? Mm-hmm. And this comes from a, a really talented artist who is a friend of mine, who you got to love Mark David. Um, In addition to being a really cool, talented artist, he's a really cool, talented person, and he's just cool. Um, So, and unprompted, like totally off on his own, well, prompted, that we'll get to that in a second, but he put it out there. He really did, like (laughs) open to the universe, Facebook post and said the following wobbly situation. I would appreciate input from anyone, but especially from my non heterosexual, non cis people. I made some pieces with rainbows on them, specifically unicorns farting a rainbow, and was encouraged to do some pride pieces. I did some rainbow themed stuff and sold it to people of all orientations. One person, a non-hetero and previous customer, asked if it wasn't mm-hmm. weird to be straight, says me, making pride pieces. Not confrontational, not mean, just inquiring. We discussed it a bit, and the customer made a decision to make pride purchases from non-hetero makers and sellers. Is there a popular opinion on the allies making pride-style stuff? And... Like one, I love the way he worded the whole mm-hmm. 
Like, there was so many opportunities for him to feel hurt in this situation. Mm -hmm. There were so many opportunities in that interaction that his belonging was challenged. Does he belong to be there? Um, Is ultimately where the question lives. Um, do allies belong as vendors at Pride events? Um, and so this is where we get into the response category. Um, mm-hmm. Do you want to take it from there, from your point of view? Because I've responded to him directly, um, right. as well as that was kind of where our Facebook posting for the Mountain Bears was going. Mm-hmm. Um, it kind of sets the stage. Um, well, you know, check us out on Facebook, like us, follow our stuff. You know, gotta push it. Um, so yeah. yeah, my point of view is yeah. Well, let's remember what Pride was about. Okay, back it up before it became the fuck fest. It was about us coming together and showing that, no, we all don't drop rape bans. No, we don't want your husband. Hell, you don't want your husband half the time. Um, stop trying to pawn him off on us. That we are, and now it's turned into a family event. Do allies belong there? Yes. And I'm going to take an even less popular idea. Okay. You know, and... Um, I guess it's Miss Major, whatever her name is. Yeah. Stonewall vet Miss Major says cops doesn't belong, uh, should be banned for pride. Bull. They need to be there. They need to be there for multiple reasons. One, hello, we've got um, mother, uh, you know, we've got, Tons of protesters every year. Don't care how little your pride is. Stay, you know, Charleston pride. There's always protesters. There's always people there to cause trouble. There's always people there that need to be moderated. Furthermore, we need to be talking, interacting with these officers. So that when it's 3 in the morning and you and your boyfriend has had a fist fight, they understand that it's a domestic violence situation and you need a DDP. You don't need to both be arrested for having a fight in public. The only way. Okay. Well, now let's pause for a second there. Um, Okay. Miss Major Griffin Casey or Gracie, sorry, uh-huh. Miss Major Griffin Gracie. Say it five times fast, that's all I'm saying. Um, her point was more so about, um, because there are police groups that march mm-hmm. in the parade. They're not there to work. They're there. They're, they're, they're not there. They're, they are part of the parade. Yeah. Um, and, you know, showing support, solidarity, allies, that's their function in this in that space. Um, mm-hmm. She's specifically saying 
no, get out right. of my parade line. I don't right. want you in my parade line. You don't have anything to do with this. You, it is inappropriate for you to be in this space in that capacity. Now, mm-hmm. I don't know necessarily totally. her feelings on police presence in general, i.e. Mm-hmm. exactly what you were just saying, you know, in that regard, dealing with protesters, you know, and kind of security for the event. Mm-hmm. Don't know where but, exactly she's at on that. This article, this was from Out, by the way, um, and right. it is actually called Stonewall Vet Miss Major Says Cops Should Be Banned from Pride. That's the title. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah. Yeah, totally I, disagree on um, all points there. Well, I have Here's to sit why. back and go, I can, I, I, it's not that I agree with her, but I see where she's coming from. That's mm-hmm. the keyword there is from. Past. Right. Past tense. Prior mm-hmm. events. Mm-hmm. Stonewall started. The reason we have pride parades is Stonewall. Like, mm-hmm. that's, that's the seminal moment that led to pride parades. Stonewall and the uprising that Stonewall was, was Mm -hmm. formed solely out of police brutality, police Mm -hmm. harassment, um, Mm -hmm. and entrapment, um, humiliation, all at the hands of police officers. Coming from that point, looking Mm -hmm. back at the past, I can see where she's coming from. But I also have to go, does that mean that's where we always have to be? Right. And for me, I'm sitting here going, no. That's not where we want to be. That is taking a step all the way back. Like, this is a lot of steps, but it's taking a giant leap backwards to say mm-hmm. you're not welcome here. Right. The actual yeah. goal, in my opinion, should be mm-hmm. to get to a place where we are more heavily interactive with mm-hmm. the groups mm-hmm. that used to be, past tense, attacking us. That's where we want to be. Well, to sit there and I think that's that group where we need to be. Welcome. Right. Pardon? We need to be in that position where a proud event, a rally, mm-hmm. a red ribbon event, the, the only people that aren't welcome there is the ones that, in general, are there not to interact with the event. Police organizations, we have some awesome gay, lesbian, bisexual police officers. We have some awesome, we have made strides over the past 50 years. We now have allies. We don't have people to tolerate. Let's not forget. Pride needs to reflect all of us. Right. 
And we also have liaison groups within police departments to actually mm-hmm. help prevent um, discrimination, abuse, and those types of situations. This is an outreach from police to the community trying to avoid those specific incidents um, Mm -hmm. where you have an officer that either abuses their power, um, is literally or figuratively gunning for members of the community, um, and creating a situation in which, as a member of the community, you do not feel safe reporting a crime, an act of violence, mm-hmm. or, you know, you live in fear with no mm-hmm. recourse for help. That's what a right. police liaison group is trying to overcome. Because that's much of where, it, it, from Stonewall all the way up to probably the 90s, um, so you're talking about a good long chunk of time, mm-hmm. and um, before Stonewall, obviously, there right. was this community sense of the police are not here to protect us. If it happens mm-hmm. in the community, we either deal with it or suffer with it. Right. That's it. Um, and that theory is also the basis of a movie that I cannot remember the name of. Well, it's on my basis. It's God. still going on. There are it, still sincere-gendered officers that have no clue how to interact with trans properly, how to interact with the community as a whole properly, or even how to <laughs> delegate into the community. Mm-hmm. Cannot build that with, with exclusion. You're dealing with an incident. You, well, and, and you can't deal with it with exclusion. If you're throwing people out right. of the you out of pride, out of the parade, out of the community, um, or or not having any interaction with people who are not literally part of the community. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, we you know we need those people. Mm-hmm. That's that's just a given. Um, mm-hmm. The majority speaks to power. Sure. We are a mino- minority group. Right. We cannot survive or thrive if we're excluding ourselves, putting ourselves in a bubble, and saying, na 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 na, you abused us, so you can't be here. Right. That's not going to get us anywhere. That's going to move us backwards. Well, because not only that's that, where we started. Right. But we also have the other issue of okay. here's the other issue of that is if they done that to us, which they did, sorry, for circle record guys, you oppress, you abuse, it's the way it is. Um, what gives us the right to turn around and go, no, you don't get to be here. You have no right to be here. 
to go back on them and start treating them the same as we were treated. No, that is not pride. That is not what was fought for. That is not even close to what was needed. Well, yeah, because ultimately this does come down to us versus them, and we're trying Mm -hmm. to make an us. Forget the them. There doesn't need to be a them. We like right. we just need an us. Um, right. And so when you start looking like this is like for me, I have to go all the way back to Stonewall to mm-hmm. even and the Miss Major comment to come forward to you know what Mark had said mm-hmm. and really kind of wrestle with that for a little bit. Because mm-hmm. I understand people who are doing that. That, hey, right. this is a pride event. This is about the community. This is about supporting and promoting and, you know, tackling issues and showing pride about the community. Mm-hmm. And where I ultimately ended up is allies are a part of that community. That's that's what we seem to be forgetting. Is it's really easy to say you're heterosexual, you're cisgendered, you're not one of us. Except that's exactly not what it is. There are many um, straight um, cisgendered allies that take a lot of flack for specifically being an ally. Mm-hmm. How are they then not one of us? It's they built by association for them. They're going through the same kind of crap mm-hmm. just for saying, I'm not going to give them crap. Love your na- love your fellow human. Love your you know neighbor. Uh-huh. They come into the space, and then it's like they're getting you know beat up on both sides. Right. They go into straight space and you know uh, speak to power, and say, "Hey, look, that's mm-hmm. not cool," and they're going to get mm-hmm. smacked around. Okay, then they come over to the pride space, and they're going to get smacked around. Mm-hmm. What part of that says, that's a thing I want to go be supportive of? That's not the that. we need to send our allies, ever. Well, it's not the message we need to send our allies. It's not the message we need to be sending to corporations. Because you know, she also doesn't want corporations to be there. Well, hmm, gee, pride takes a good large chunk of money to put on. Mm-hmm. Each year it gets more expensive. I run an event, believe me, every year it's a little more expensive. And, yes. yeah, we can have a little picnic or we can have the pride festival that we have worked queen after queen, king after king, benefit after benefit to build and have. Mm -hmm. But here's the thing that nobody 
the article or anybody has talked about. Okay. Let's say you have two companies. One, make sure that they sponsor prize, they show up with a booth with the whole diversity group there, and they've got it all on. And then you have mm-hmm. another company out there that wants nothing to do with pride because it doesn't fit into the corporate market. Right. Which one you're going to go apply to? That one I truly understand. Um, well, but we also have to look, especially at. I, I, I get what you're saying, and I would go a step further. Is what I'm getting at. Mm-hmm. How much of LGBT owned and operated business how much are they going to on their own be able to support these events mm-hmm. like you said this isn't cheap if you want like your options are because a lot of the parades, um, as I last knew it, and, you know, I haven't been to one in a while, and that makes me a horrible person. I took care of my grandmother for seven years. I don't want to hear it. That said, I haven't been to one recently. They used to always be free. Like, you didn't pay a cover. There wasn't gate admission. You didn't go to Ticketmaster. These were free public events. Now, might there be a concert that you have to pay for? Sure. Might there be, you know, um, other things attached to the event? Sure. You have to pay for those. It's the same as when you have to, you know, when you buy your souvenirs or you buy your food, you buy your drinks, you buy your whatever. But ultimately... Anyone from anywhere can go to this event, meet people, see their community, interact with their community, watch the parade, be part of the parade even in many cases, and most, uh, and if not all of, the vast, vast, vast majority of this is all paid for by the vendors by mm-hmm. the people that are showing up, filling out applications to get either a vendor space and or march. Um, you know, they're fronting a lot of costs for that. Floats aren't right. cheap. Right. People taking a day off of work effectively to come out and work your event, mm-hmm. there's a cost. Artists who travel get lodging, eat out, set up a booth with their materials, there's a cost there. This isn't cheap. Granted, you're going to the event and you may have, you know, traveled a long distance to do that and you may have gotten a hotel room, lodging, and eaten out. That's, (coughs) but it's also an event. For you. Mm-hmm. Like, I know from experience when I go to events with you, 
it is nothing like I went to the event for me. Now, does that mean I'm totally tied to a table and I'm having to work the whole day? No. I do get to enjoy some aspects of the event. But it's not the same. It's not about me. This is not about my enjoyment. This is a work. I'm there to work. Um, doesn't mean I don't enjoy it. It just means that ultimately, at the end of the day, I had a good day at work at a really cool place. Mm-hmm. And the other side of this, and, you know, I always go to extremes because I've seen the extremes play off. Mm-hmm. We go to only GBLT um, hosted events. You can only set up a pride if you're, you know, gay, lesbian, straight, whatever. Are you? Well, you got to throw out the spray. Unless you are growing a plant, harvesting its seeds, producing a product from that plant, you're not total GBLT. Sorry. If you're remaking okay. products, buying raw materials, you know, unless we're going to move pride to bed and breakfasts, no company is totally GBLT owned and operated. Well, yeah. So, you know, I, I kind of get what you're saying. There's the upstream of it. Is right. even if the business you're individually supporting at that event were entirely LGBT owned and operated, that doesn't change their suppliers. It would be nice right. if the they could have that kind of luxury, mm-hmm. but <laughs> there's not a lot of things that you can make that you can control your entire supply chain and completely route it from raw material to finished product, totally community-supported. Mm-hmm. not going to happen. Um, so I do see what you're saying, is that even if that's a gay-owned and operated company, mm-hmm. um, unless they're providing a service, but even then the training to provide that service uh-huh. is not going and to support... And the product used during the service. Mm-hmm. It's not going to fully well, support exactly. the community. So it's a mute yeah, point. Yeah, you we don't have a community bubble that is totally self-sustaining. Right. End of the day, we don't have that. That's a lot to ask for. But within that scenario, these are also vendors, regardless of whether they're doing product or service. They do Mm -hmm. have an opportunity to choose how the vendors they use treat their fellow LGBT people. And Mm -hmm. there are many instances of Mm -hmm. community. We're just calling it community. I I can't do it anymore. Like, I'm being tongue-tied. Yes. Community businesses. Well, Mm -hmm. you know. Community businesses, um, 
they are supporting you, even if they're ally-run, they're choosing suppliers that are also supporting the community, even if they're not community-owned and operated. Mm-hmm. And there have been instances where the community has identified a company and said, hey, what the heck, man? Mm-hmm. You know, Hobby Lobby, really? I, I just cannot see many <laughs> or many people who are allies or members of the community wanting to go to Hobby Lobby for their supplies. Like, there's a lot of other options there. Mm-hmm. You know, because um, I know we've struggled a couple of times with, like, going into the belly of the beast. And it's normally because but the area we have no other choice. Yeah, right. The area we're in, it's not like we have a massive selection. Mm-hmm. Like, we like, and we do try to avoid them. Yes. Like as much as we possibly can. Right. But there's sometimes it's like, no, really, I just need this now to do the thing I'm doing. And I feel guilty mm-hmm. and I feel horrible. And oh, good, there's a but sale. I'm so I'm it. not like their margin is smaller. Oh, um, right. You know. But then I also match it. You know, if I spend twenty dollars there, I'll throw twenty dollars at another organization. Mm-hmm. And yeah, we yeah. catch the sales. If it's something we go dirt cheap with them to make sure their margin hurts, and then I'm also with the goofball that goes, "Oh, Hobby Lobby coupon. Oh, you can give me an extra forty percent off. Thank you." Yeah. You know, I'm going to make you hurt as much as I'm having to support you. You ain't getting anything off. Well, but what I'm also saying I'm already is hurting to be here. Well, mm-hmm. I think it's a bigger thing. I'm already hurting to be here. Like, I did not go in willingly and spend mm-hmm. money. Um, like, I can go in willingly uh, to the building. I can look around. Mm-hmm. I can get ideas. I can whatever. But to spend money, it hurts. Um, and so, yeah, like, I'm looking for sale items. Mm-hmm. I'm looking for my coupon. Mm-hmm. I'm going to be polite and friendly while I do it. But I do walk mm-hmm. out that door going, small victory, like baby victory in this situation is at least the I did not pay full retail for this. They did not make a full profit on this. They probably barely broke even on this. Or and I can at least look at it as I live in a community that has a job situation. And when I say that, um, let me clarify, I do mean the local community, not just the rainbow community. Um, right. The local community has a lot of problems with having employment. So at least at the end of the day, what they did make off of that, most likely because my sales aren't big, um, at least went towards paying someone's salary. So they put food on their table and the wheel goes around 
that that's what I get left with. At least the wheel goes around. That's where I make my peace with it at. Mm-hmm. And then and the- even in the situation where mm-hmm. I'm having to support or I, I'm walking into a space that I know does not support my values. And I, I'm, I don't see why we can't at least extend the same thought process and the same respect and appreciation to allies within pride spaces. That, hey, look, no, they're not in the technical sense a member of the community. I think they should be. (laughs) If you're going to get beat up, you know, figuratively at least, for your support of the community, you Mm -hmm. should at least have, like, you're an honorary member of the community and we're going to support you because we really appreciate what you're doing. Right. Um, But then you have people that turn around and are really like, nope, going to slam that door. I recognize you're an ally. I don't recognize your importance. I think it's more important to go support this, you know, community-owned and operated business. Not that I deny anyone that choice, but it's like, to me, this all came across as really, really disrespectful to the fact that this is an ally. This is someone that's choosing to be here. Mm-hmm. Correct. And, that is and here's the other part of this. Mm-hmm. But here's the other part of this. This is an ally that's taking our business rest. We are not a large community. Yeah. I'm quite sure that, you know, allies that take the time to look at our community and go, oh, well, that's a creative idea. It's only going to work for this one community. That's all right. Let's make 20 of them. Let's see how they sell. Mm-hmm. Oh, this, I want to, you know, I used to work with uh, some artisans. Mm-hmm. And instead of taking that extra step and creating Pacific artwork for mm-hmm. that one event, that one segment of the community, whatever, they would just put out whatever. That's not supporting. He's supporting the community. He's bringing his crowd festival stuff. He's bringing his unicorns. He's bringing his rainbows. He's bringing his pottery that's designed and saves us a lot of arguments, by the way, um, for the community. Yes. Hell yeah, you ought to be there. Yes. Make some more stuff. That is... If nothing else, like, hi, you're earning your place in the community. And I get it. Mm-hmm. Like, also from that perspective, what, what exactly what you're saying, when you have vendors that are just showing up because it's an event, period, full stop, that's it. Like, they're not really interested. They're not really part of this. They don't really care. 
it's, you know, when you go into 7-Eleven and you buy a Slurpee, that business will not care about you, Mm -hmm. about your values, about anything else here, about the sell. They sold a Slurpee. And I can understand when you have vendors enter the space and, you know, and especially if it ends up going badly, um, I can understand having a lot of reservation in that respect. Mm -hmm. But at the point in which you can have this conversation calmly, rationally, without anger with a vendor should be your first clue in. Because, again, if this isn't someone who's an ally, that conversation could have gotten real ugly real quick. Uh Right. And not only that, but he's an artist. How many in our community are, you know, this is an issue that we go through with my business, um, Mm -hmm. is finding training, finding education. Hello, you know, he's an ally. He'll teach you how to do pottery. He will teach you how to do classes. He hosts them often. I know he also does them at cut rate for the community. He just loves art. He loves watching people love art. Um, And he loves creating things that people love. Um, You know, like at the end of the day, I think if his cash box were empty, but he got to deal with a whole bunch of people who are really, really super happy, excited about what he created. I don't know how he would pay for his supplies to make more. But mm-hmm. I think on a fundamental level, this is an artist that that's the reward. That's the payout. Right. The money right. side of this is just the enabler. This exactly. is what keeps the power on, lets the kiln be fired, buys the clay, buys the paint, buys the glaze, buys the canvases, buys the on down the line. Um, right. The payment the payoff, the reason he's there isn't about just selling a thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and in many cases, that means so, so, so <coughs> much more. Like, when you talk about, you know, Volvo, or not Volvo, Subaru, they're there to sell a car. Right. At the end of the day. As supportive and wonderful as Subaru has been over the years, your primary interest is in selling you a car. It is a numbers game. It is it is marketing wizardry. Um, okay. It's great that it, we get something out of it, okay. but Subaru sold a car. At least one. I mean, oh, honey, correct me if I'm wrong. You, there's more than one. Well, as the old joke goes, if you are trying to find 
a seat at a lesbian venue, just go in and say, someone's Subaru is about to be towed. You will find seating. I will guarantee you, you will find seating. Um, Which is a bad joke, and I shouldn't have made it. But anyway, it's not a joke. It's not true. It's kind of like, honey, if they want to find seating at a gay event, come in and say Mm -hmm. someone's out there messing with a soul. Sorry. We make jokes all the time about your security team. Yes, they're they're yes. That's just well. That's not even a gay event. That's just anywhere. Like you want to clear the checkout line at Kroger, you can go in and announce someone's soul is being towed. I will guarantee you, at least one line is going to shorten up. Mm-hmm. But anyway. So before we move on, and since we are talking, mm-hmm. and I'm trying to segue there, um, we want to give massive, massive props and much, much hug and love to Mark. Um, his business is called Cursing Dog. Um, he and his business are both on Facebook. You can find them there. Um, he will also be at Muggles Market at Contagion in Charlotte on the 9th of February and Mysticon in Roanoke on the 23rd, 22nd, 23rd and 24th of February. So if you're there, if you've listened, check him out, tell him we sent you. He'll probably give you a hug. He'll probably give you a hug anyway. Bark's kind of a hugger. Um, but yeah, check him out. Totally mm-hmm. worth it. Mark Very much so. Find out if he's taking classes, because I promise you the bulge you create will save your, your many arguments as you put your keys in there, put your pills in there, put your wallets in there. promise you, a lot less argumentative because you're out of taking his class. And it's a great bonding experience for couples. All couples. Truples, yes. flopples, and flopples, and families. Let me add. Let me add, um, I've taken uh, two of Mark's pottery classes. Um, Bowls both times. Wonderful class, wonderful experience. My grandmother, sister, and I laughed our asses off. It was awesome. We had so much fun. Um, Mm -hmm. And it was just across the board awesome. So, yeah. Right. Yes. But um, unfortunately, as much as we have dug into this topic, we do need to move on. But first, do we need to pay a power bill? We have to pay the power bill, honey. So we'll be right back with some other topics that are aggravating the bears. Be right back. <sighs> You're listening to the Magic Happens Radio Network, sponsored by the Magic Happens Magazine. You'll find us at www.themagichappens.com. Hi, welcome, relax, have a cup of your favorite topics with your hosts, Asen Knight and Rain Love. 
There's nothing like a good conversation to warm your soul and give your spirit a break now and then. Acid and Love have such a wonderful way of exploring topics like psychic phenomena, important topics in our daily lives from a psychic's point of view, and you never know who else will stop by live on Blog Talk Radio. So come on in. We made a fresh cup of java just for you. At the Crystal Lotus, we offer a variety of amazing services, whether it's partaking in a massage, Reiki session, or the various energy modalities, taking advantage of psychic reading, browsing the library, or shopping for metaphysical supplies. They also offer yoga classes and holistic life coaching. Located at 89 Old Main Plaza, or phone 304-729-8055. Crystal Lotus, taking the spirit where the body cannot go. Did you know that you can have a reading with ASIN in person? Or you can reach him by phone, chat, or even text message. You should really check out his site, asinite.com, or give him a call. His number is 304-584-3592. So I'm a cat, and I just moved in with this new human, and she's got this little toy she's always playing with, all day long. Tap, 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 bloop, bloop. She can't put it down. There it is. Oh, and get this. She even talks to it. Last week, she asked it for Chinese, and guess what? Egg rolls showed up, like magic. Humans have cool toys. A person is the best thing to happen to a shelter pet. Be that person. Adopt. Brought to you by the Ad Council and the ShelterPetProject.org. Hi, I'm Rain. And this is Ravenwind, and we're the Feather and Bone Podcast, two witches talking about everything witchy and nothing at all. We consider ourselves to be energy-based spiritualists, non-traditionalists, and decidedly not Wiccan. Our views on magic and life in general don't align with other pagans in the community, but we have a live-and-let-live outlook on life. So if you want to learn something new while laughing a whole lot, you can find links to our podcast, Facebook page, products, and purchase tarot readings at featherandbone.net. Are you looking for loving, caring, spiritual answers? Then you need to give Rainy a call. Her number is 303-416-2977. She's able to give you a reading, see what your life path holds, plus what the angels and crossover loved ones has to say about it. Visit PsychicRainyLove.com for more details. And remember, Rainy spelled R-A-I-N-E. Do you like a little more grrrr with your coffee? Then tune in to Mountain Bears here on Blog Talk on Friday nights at 9 p.m. for the latest in LGBT topics, current events, and technology. Every Friday night we'll be here. Join us as the Mountain Bears explore these topics and more. You're listening to the Magic Happens Radio Network, sponsored by the Magic Happens magazine. You'll find us at www.themagichappens.com.
www.thepowerhouse.com. Well, welcome back. Hope you got your snackies and everything. All right. Let's see what else PO'd me off this week. (laughs) It was a hard week, y'all. I'm telling you, we had cold weather, frigid cold, not as cold as Chicago. Thank God you know not to book me in Chicago in the winter. Yeah. No no one is jumping into that right now. Huh? Yeah, no one wants to be in Chicago right now. Chicago does not want to be in Chicago right now. Chicago would like to move to Florida. Yes. Uh, One of these days, we were living in one of those lovely states that never sees snow. This is a home base. But... It brought up an interest, an interesting information. I don't remember the original story. Um, I remember the story. The woman, unfortunately, was not allowed into a shelter. Um, not this vortex, but the one before it. And she literally froze to death on the front door of a shelter. Yes. The level of, like, what the hell? First off, this is America. We own a good portion of America. It's public land. Sitting there doing nothing. And, you know, as you were pointing out, um, and this is a segue to it, um, the Smithsonian ran an article inside Slab City, a squatter's paradise in Southern California. Architect and author Charlie Haley and photographer Donovan Wiley capture one of America's last free places. This is a story of a chunk of government land used to test concrete way back during, I believe it was World War II. I think mm-hmm. that's right. It was the 40s. I was having a moment. Wars and that's World War II, are not working well for me. Okay, yeah. So World right. War II, they're testing the durability of concrete, how it would survive in a desert environment. So basically there's this giant chunk of government land with slabs of concrete. And the lab, um, they set up a grid. You know, this is a government installation. What did you expect? Pretty uh, pretty curly streets or whatever? No, it's a grid, simple grid, of concrete with concrete slabs just kind of all over the place. Um. They did their research, they did their testing, the facility was abandoned. That's it. It does nothing. Big, giant chunk of government land. It is not a national park. It is not a historical site. Like, really, it slabs of concrete. In the Mm -hmm. most literal sense, it's not just like, well, it's a government facility. Of course it slabs of concrete. 
that's what government facilities usually are. Mm-hmm. It's literally pads of concrete. Yeah. yeah. But, so there's this giant chunk of land, um, which, let's go ahead and give you a... Um, it is 640 acres. 640 acres. Our government owns it. Yep. Doesn't use it. Which means we own it. We own it. Um, yep. And I... Okay, so now that we've set the basis for that, let's let you take that one from there. So, you know, there's Slap City. There are uh, closed down schools, abandoned government buildings, governmental property throughout the United States sitting there doing nothing, eroding, falling apart, doing nothing. One of the local state um, forces, not forces, parks was closed, mm-hmm. unfunded by the government. Budget cut. There's about nine cabins down there. Really nice, expensive. We spent federal funding for to build. Boarded up and abandoned. Now returning back to the thing. Why do we as America and as Americans have homeless people that no matter what the decimal percentage is owns a piece of land that has a house on it or has property on it that we have to pay workers to maintain. You know, they got to go in, fix the road, go in, you know, scrape up the building that now has fallen down that we spent federal funds to build. Why do we have homeless? Why should anybody have to freeze to death on the steps of a homeless shelter? Mm-hmm. Makes no human sense. And when 40% of the homeless teen population in the United States is gay, lesbian, bisexual, transgender, Mm. We as a community need to get our act together and start fixing that. Because now we can. In most states in this country, we can actually do something because now our households are legally recognized. We can become foster parents. We can become supporters. We can act together with our allies to start building, taking back these facilities that we own and putting them to use. And guess I what? You don't want to pay someone to mow the grass because there's people there mowing the grass. I think in many ways it, it opens up a huge opportunity when you think about those lands and those buildings and those facilities in a way of, okay, so this isn't going to be the thing that we thought it was or the thing that it mm-hmm. used to be. Um, right. And I think the biggest problem with government facilities 
is there's not a and then next mentality. You close mm-hmm. that government facility. The facility is what the facility was. Mm-hmm. It served its purpose. We close it, and mm-hmm. that's it. It doesn't have a purpose now. Right. But in the meantime, we leave that facility in limbo. Right. Slowly falling into disrepair, decay, and rot. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile... It is a structure, a building, a collection of um, utility services and ripe with opportunities Mm -hmm. that would dramatically change the life of anyone in a situation where they're facing sleeping on a park bench. Because, by the way, Mm -hmm. that's another government facility. Mm -hmm. Park benches don't just magically appear. Right. Bus stops don't magically appear. Those are government facilities. Mm -hmm. So if – so honestly, the the way I'm thinking about this at this exact moment, one way or another, a government facility in the vaguest sense of those terms – is going to house someone who's homeless. Right. Un- freeway underpasses, or uh, the the underspot of an overpass, mm-hmm. and oftentimes serves as housing for people who are homeless. Public parks serve as housing for people who are homeless. One way or another, people who are homeless and unsheltered are going to end up in a public facility of some means, of some variety. So if we're sitting here looking at a park bench, which is not a good bed, if we're looking at a freeway underpass, which is not a good house, if we're sitting here looking at all these, or a bus stop, that's not, you know, that, that's not a place for a human to shelter. But we have spaces that were specifically built to shelter humans. Told cities. Total cities. Exactly. Literally. Uh, How um, did we end some of these bases they closed because they're no longer viable mm-hmm. for mm-hmm. military use. Total cities. Everything. Houses. Kitchens, feeding quarters, barracks. Just say I mean, now, like, uh, we're not saying, and as a side note, we're not saying facilities that were used or were involved in horrific accidents that may have contaminated the area. Um, mm-hmm. There are some government lands and facilities related to that. Um, we have one in West Virginia that is federally mm-hmm. owned. Um, do you know the name of it? It's the Underground Fires. Um, I always think Monongalia, but that's not it. I don't know um, the name, but it's it's governmentally owned, but it wasn't a government facility. It was a mine that caught fire. Um, it still mm-hmm. hasn't stopped burning yet. Um, 
That's Pink not what we're talking about here. We're talking about bases that have Yeah. Right. Um yeah. but because there now we do have to point that out. That is like a big difference. That is a lot of mm-hmm. government owned land that has houses, right. that has facilities, that has utilities, that has a lot of things. Um, that was also a mass evacuation because mm-hmm. that environment is very, very dangerous. Um, mm-hmm. There's literally an underground fire of a, in a coal seam that mm-hmm. I think the projections are it'll take 200 years to burn out. Something like that. It's like, uh, yeah, it's one of those like unfathomable concepts. Like, how did someone sit down and calculate that? Uh huh. <laughs> you know, that's really frightening. But right. just in general, um, and then to know that this is not like a temporary situation. This is going to go on for a very, very, very long time. This is the danger of a mine fire. Um, Mm -hmm. You have fuel and fire and oxygen. Not to mention pockets of methane and, you know, this is not a pretty place to have a fire. Don't want to do that. Um, But then when it happens, this is what happens to this land. It becomes unusable. You cannot live there. Please don't go live there. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, bad idea, bad plan. There's a reason they mass evacuated. The government now owns it and paid out to the property owners to Mm -hmm. leave. But there are other entire facilities that were not evacuated or abandoned in terms of there's a problem. It's just... They're unused. We didn't need it. It fulfilled its purpose. We got done with it. Cost right. too much to operate. Um, you know, we consolidated from this facility to that facility, and that's you know we just closed it. Like we turned the lights off and we closed the gate, and we walked away. Right. Well, you know, it's like I when the state of West Virginia and many other states got out mm-hmm. of the business of running hospitals. There's a hospital in Beckley, mm-hmm. Minecraft. Huge facility. Huge. Mm-hmm. We're, I think the bed capacity was like 500 at one time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it currently is being, it currently is being used as low income. One one small building, maybe 68 beds. Yeah, I said small. Um, is being used as a nursing home. The others are just sitting there. The state owns them. Can't do nothing with them. But we can. This state needs a but treatment they program. Can't. They don't. They don't. They'd rather build and, something there. And that's a key, key emphasis. It's not that they can't. It's that in many ways we keep looking to build for a specific purpose and we do not reutilize what we already have. Will it take money to get that facility to a point in which, yes, it can start functioning as a rehabilitative treatment center? 
because how long has it been closed? What all has gone on to the building in the meantime? What does the building need for, you know, technology changes. Right. When that building closed. Nothing. Bring in some laptops, clean up some, you know, change the sheets and throw on a coat of paint. You know, they were literally every, there's layers of paint there. Um, But because they are government facilities, state facilities, they have to be maintained. True. Um, but the level of maintain um, mm-hmm. typically is very, very limited. And it, it's these are unimproved properties. What I'm saying is, like, right. if this closed down in the 70s, the 80s, and even into the 90s, mm-hmm. there's going to need to be a lot of refresh to this. Because if you're talking bare minimums, like they kept the lights on, they mowed the grass, they painted the wall, like the the exterior, they kept up the roof, Mm -hmm. that's great for the shell, but that means it's Uh a shell. The internals of that building may have been kept at minimal temperatures just to keep the water pipes from freezing. The... Mm -hmm. um, the ability to set up a computer network based on what's right. already in that building, probably not going to happen. Yeah, Zero percent chance of that. Um, right. So there are improvements that it needs. Time. Right. But when you're looking at this from a perspective of, or we can go over here, allocate a massive, massive amount of funding to build on, you know, dirt, out of dirt, a building, I would think mm-hmm. this is the better use of our funds, is to go, wait Sensible. a second, we have a building. We have a building. It doesn't uh-huh. have a purpose. It's not being used. Let's go use this. What can we make of this? What would it take Mm -hmm. to make this shell into a home for, you know, drug treatment, homeless populations, um, Mm -hmm. low-income housing, um, you know, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, on down the list. Instead, in in terms of governmental property, there's often this, we're just going to hold on to it. And that's the whole thought. That's it. We're done. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, we can't run that facility as that facility anymore, so we're just going to turn the lights off, leave the power on, pay for that for, Mm -hmm. you know, several decades, and minimal heating and, you know, water service and all of this, we're going to mm-hmm. do that, but right. at the end of the day, this is an empty, abandoned facility that's slowly going to decay. Not as quick as if someone right. just, you know, literally abandoned it, turn off the, turn off the electricity, turn off the water, turn off the heat, 
turn it all off, and then never set foot on the property again. But that's a right. building slowly decaying. If right. you don't use it, you but, use it. Right. And there are some of those here. Um, mm-hmm. But some of these, you know, and it, literally, some of them, it was literally, and it's like small town and hospitals. The same thing occurs there. Um, yeah. They lock the door and walk away. The equipment's mm-hmm. there. The Sometimes even the pre-assembled paperwork is there. Like, it's just shut to go. The government says, all right, we're shutting down on the 13th. All right. 14th comes, doors locked. Right. Well, and it goes one you know, step we, beyond that. Like, you're talking yeah. about, like, beds and heart monitors and, you know, the light fixtures and the tables and the chairs. And it even goes beyond that. Computer mm-hmm. equipment, medical records, you know, on down the list. So literal exactly. medical supplies, medication in some instances. Um, anyone uh-huh. into the like the urban explorer um, side of YouTube, there are some wonderful videos of um, urban exploration, which, by the way, just to explain that, basically it's going into abandoned buildings and treating them like going into a cave, a rainforest, the jungle, urban exploration. Um, So you're going into these things that are closed, abandoned, forgotten, boarded up, and doing exploration. Um, In West Virginia, that's more commonly known as going to steal copper out of a mine and then requiring a rescue crew to come find you because you got lost. Mm -hmm. Um, probably somewhere around the point in which the four people broke off into two couples and went to have sex in different hallways. But that's beside the point. Um, right. Similar concept, though. Um, yeah. But within those, like, abandoned malls, abandoned um, hospitals, um, abandoned houses, um, abandoned hotels, it's not like someone went through abandoned Walmarts even. It's not like yep. in a lot of cases someone goes through and like proactively says, okay, we're closing on the 14th. We need to do X, Y, and Z. This isn't a move. This isn't we're going from this facility to this facility because we got a new facility. Mm-hmm. This is a, on the 14th, we turn out the lights, we close the door, we lock the gate, and that's it. There's no plan for what happens to those records. There's no plan for what happens to that equipment. There is no plan for emptying the shelves, you know, trying to sell off assets, trying to get those materials to people who can use them. No. This isn't a move, and this isn't even a structured, so to speak, bankruptcy, where you're going to have a giant yard. Like, this isn't an estate sale. That's the better reference. Forget bankruptcy. This isn't even an estate sale. Like, this isn't like the facility died, and we're going to sell off the assets of the estate. This is 
that's it. It's like watching the end of a television series. You know, like family, you know, you leave the house, like you turn off the lights, you close the door, you lock it, and cut to black. That's it. Right. All the furniture's right. there, all the stuff's there, it's all there. Um, right. Which is, in and of itself, a giant waste at that time. But then mm-hmm. we come forward with it, and if that facility sets for 5, 10, 15, 20, 30, 40, 50, 100 years, slowly falling into the ground, that's the even larger waste. Mm-hmm. Of... But you have a shell. You don't have to build mm-hmm. it. You don't have to hire an architect. Well, you do, but you've got the core of what you need. Mm-hmm. It just needs improvement. It needs retrofitting. It needs a little gutting. And then you've got the thing that you're about to approve a budget to go break ground and build. Mm-hmm. If, if, if you can get to that point. Because in many cases, well, it's going to cost like, you know, $20 million or whatever the price tag is to do this thing, to break ground mm-hmm. and go forward on this project idea. That's a lot of funding. That's a lot of funding. If you already have a structure, I will guarantee you, unless it has been sitting empty for 30 years, it will invariably be cheaper. Mm -hmm. You have a shell. Use it. Well, it's like, you know, um, Castle Air Force Base, it shut down. Mm -hmm. All they did was take their equipment, take their officers and the officers' families off the base, ship them to another one, close the gate. You have houses. You have everything there being maintained Mm -hmm. by our tax dollars. You know, we're paying some TV repairman to go out through there and mow the grass, you know, keep things stable because we might want to reactivate it. I was sitting here trying to understand the TV repairman for the abandoned building. Got you now. It's someone's side gig to go mow the grass. Got it. Right. Um, but what I was, re- huh? I was a little confused there for a minute. I was like, "What?" But okay, someone's side gig. Got it. Got it. Got it. No, no, no. That that was the official title to the. Um, Many DC here at uh, oh the bomb shelter that our lovely governor now owns. That's a federal facility. The Greenbrier. Well, the Greenbrier. There was... we go. Thank you. Yes. His official um, title on payroll. It was the TV repairman. Ah. Oh. Interesting. Oh, that's. That is a trip. I did not know that. Yep. 
totally in a And his job was to go in, freshen up the sheets, you know, dust the fixtures, reorder the expired food supplies, and change out the food for the current um, governmental people and throw out the old. So it was fully stocked and kept ready. On that one, on that one, I can have some understanding and appreciation. That was a giant state secret um, because that is a, that is an undisclosed location. Um, and I can understand, one, that's just an unused facility. And two, yeah, there's a lot of waste attached to that. But it's also one of those things of, how can you take the materials that are stocked in case of emergency for a secret facility that no one knows exists or is supposed to know, it's not general public knowledge, and put those to good use without someone going, why is there a massive supply Uh of these items in the middle of West Virginia. Well, well so, no, I mean, like, that's the kind of facility I get. I, I get that one. I get that one. No, but no, no. there's, yeah, okay. My turn for a minute. Yeah, you know, a food pantry getting a giant donation from the Greenbrier of peanut butter would not have took any notice at all. Peanut butter expires. Hotels go through a lot of things. Although, although we're we're right now, I'm working off assumption. Okay. That that did not occur. That they were because I know it was a really tight-lipped, highly guarded secret. Um, Only for anyone else out of here. Well, I mean, though, it was a massive news story when they declassified the facility. And announced its existence. Um, A lot of people, at best, kept feeling like there's something I'm missing. And at worst, we're totally shocked and awed. What do you mean there was an undisclosed, classified facility that was a bomb shelter hidden in plain sight in the middle of West Virginia. Minds blown. Um, you know, it was a well-kept secret for how many decades? Like, it was really um, tight-lipped. Yeah, like 40 years. That's a, One, that's a long time to keep a secret, and two... Bravo on that, but two, there also comes with a lot of very careful thinking, planning, action, and in many cases, inaction. You can't necessarily, and I'm assuming that there may have been a way to route this out of here, you know, that as depending upon like shelf life of stuff, if they're replacing it ahead of that, 
there may have been an opportunity. It didn't may not have benefited West Virginia directly to route mm-hmm. those materials out of here so that they could benefit others, but right. not disclose the fact that there's something going on here, that right. there's no reason. Because they ordered this much. Through the hotel network. Mm-hmm. You know, oh, I need, you know, here's the reorder to replace, you know, the stock that we need in the back stock room. Donate to the overstock. But even, even that, though, that had to be done very carefully and strategically. You can't dump all that on one vendor. Right. Because there's a point where they go, how do you go through that much food? Mm-hmm. You know, that, that's a large quantity here, dude. Like, that's not, like, that's for a much bigger, like, it sounds like you're running, like, a 20-story hotel over there. Like, mm-hmm. what are you doing? Um, <laughs> and the Greenbrier's not that big. It, I mean, it's not unimpressive, don't get me wrong. It is a very impressive building. It is a very impressive facility. It is impressive. Mm-hmm. I'm not mm-hmm. knocking it. Um, it, Government paid for well to build it. my dislike of its owner, it is something he has done well. It is a right. rule. But, well, it's not a 20-story facility. It is not booked right. to the two 20 floors worth of people every night. Um, and you're talking about, and we are talking about, Replacing supplies that are intended to last for years, not just a few days or a month or maybe a year. You're talking about years this facility would have been able to run without any incoming. Mm-hmm. It was meant to weather a, if I remember correctly, it was meant to weather a total nuclear event. Right. It was. And when you're talking about that kind of supply, Mm -hmm. one of two things had to happen. Either all of this was staggered in its creation so there was a point mm-hmm. in which it was not fully stocked yet. Mm-hmm. Or all of this got ordered at once. All of it had to be replaced at once because all of those expiration dates would be falling together. Like if you're talking right. about, you know, say 500 units of peanut butter, and I'm using mm-hmm. small numbers, but just bear with me. If you're talking about mm-hmm. 500 units of peanut butter, mm-hmm. Those were not ordered in staggered amounts. You're talking about replacing 500 units of peanut butter. Mm-hmm. That, <laughs> that's a sudden spike in ordering. Mm-hmm. So one of two things. Either you had to stagger the items coming in, 
or you have to diversify the suppliers of them so that no one supplier suddenly gets a clue something's going on over here. Right. This doesn't make sense. Right. Well, and most likely, using logical tracing, Mm -hmm. they would have staggered the ordering because you don't want the expiration dates to be the same when you can't replace it. Right. So you get a case here, a case there. Yeah, you and then you have yeah. to use it backwards. Great. Right. First in, la- or uh, first in, first or out. Right. Um, FIFO, gotta love it. Welcome back to economics and accounting and uh huh. Always fun. Organizing um, basic housing. You know. Yeah. Always a lot of things. But we are there. a very wasteful nation mm-hmm. in general. And very we in which ways need to start stepping up here. <coughs> yeah. Yeah. But that does segue us for our last 15 minutes into <laughs> Joshua Tree State Park. We are actually going to hit all three topics tonight. Yeah. We're managing wow. wow. I've been slowly it was a slow like week. Nothing really Uh-huh. Like, I do. I sometimes feel like, God, we just lied to them about everything we were going to talk about tonight because we totally locked into one topic or maybe got to a second one, and then whatever else we said, yeah, good luck. It, like, two yeah. hours is not long enough. We're not going to get there. Um, but yeah. we're going to hit all three tonight. Mm-hmm. And speaking of things that, uh, much like the Centralia mine fire, will take forever to fix, stop, repair, mm-hmm. Joshua Tree State Park. I know we've talked mm-hmm. about it before. That's why I don't mm-hmm. necessarily feel so bad about leaving 15 minutes for it. Um, But... That's the new information out. And again, gotta love the Smithsonian. They bring us this one. Joshua Trees can take 200 to 300 years to recover from shutdown damage. A former park superintendent says it will take centuries to regrow some of the iconic plants destroyed during the 35-day furlough. 35 days. Uh-huh. 35 days. <laughs> we managed to destroy. At a level that will take 200 to 300 years to recover from. Mm-hmm. Like... That's a lot to take in. It is. That's that, that's just mind blowing. Um, and I know I seem to love mind blowing this evening, but it is like you're you're sitting here going, what? But no, literally, you know, we're we're talking about a ton of damage to this park, which we already knew, you know. Right. 
overflowing uh, garbage cans and toilets and, you know, blah, for starters. Um, mm-hmm. But then we have actual park damage. Like, forget the right. facilities. That was the least concerning thing, apparently. This is literally someone going through the park, or multiple someone going through a park, and no respect, no care, acting like idiots, defacing the, like, just destruction, literal destruction. Mm-hmm. They're not there mm-hmm. to enjoy the park. Right. They, they weren't, you know, it, this was, we have nothing better to do than to destroy mm-hmm. nature. Not even like mm-hmm. accidental destruction. Not just like right. poor choices and this is why we have four strangers who stop you from doing really ben- seemingly benign but stupid things. Mm-hmm. This is all out no one with half a clue and a functional brain cell should have ever done this. Really? And why did this occur other than the level of stupidity? Because the, you know, this isn't someone's front yard or backyard or this is where you live. This is because there wasn't, you know, government-paid employees able to go to work. And go, well, hold on, white boy. Mm-hmm. You get there off my no. land. You get off our land. You're not coming on up here and tearing this up. Mm-hmm. There's that. Yeah. And then there's also just the... I, I I love I love 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 the fact that even the the, the park staff is trying to sit mm-hmm. here and go you know, benefit of the doubt maybe it wasn't malice I'm sitting here looking at this going really like that's a stretch like how do you look at the damage and not mm-hmm. sit there and go this isn't an accident right you don't slip fall and accidentally cut down a tree. Hey, cut down that tore down. Yeah. You know, that means you came to a park with a chainsaw and you right. cut down a tree. Right. What part of that? You know, I like I don't know how else to take it, like, I, I think the guy is, or, or the, the the staff, sorry, not the guy, but uh-huh. the staff, they do reference um, one of the superintendents of the park, and I keep wanting to go, this guy is awesome for trying to li- live in that kind of forgiveness. The benefit of the doubt, like, we're, maybe it wasn't malice, maybe it was just unfortunate, you know, like really grasping at straws there. And I think that in some ways that's also the, how do I get up and go to work in the morning Mm -hmm. with this much pain, anguish, 
frustration, aggravation, rage, and anger if I accept what happened as right. it looks. Like that that's where well, I'm gonna go with you like someone cut down a tree. Yeah. For no reason. Like, Left it there. The Left it yeah. there. Yeah. It's just cause we could. Um yeah. you know, or pulled it down or whatever. It's regardless. This mm-hmm. you, you don't slip fall and do that. Like no one climbed the tree and like fell off a branch and broke a branch. That's not what we're talking about. Right. We're talking about there's a whole tree cut in half. That's like right. the primary image on this article. That's not right. oops. You don't oops that. You don't. No. Um so I, I I think it also shows, though, with the way they're trying to frame this so very carefully, the level of trauma it is to work there right now mm-hmm. is that you're re- that that this sounds like we're having to be so so careful to not blow up, right? And I applaud that. I do have to say, I applaud that mm-hmm. as, like, a coping mechanism, as – there's lots of words you can use there. Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, I think that really glosses over the level of destructiveness heard there and right. really, really, really – um, pulls away of the accountability of the people that went there and did it. Exactly. But I also feel like there should be more outrage. Someone cut down a tree in your yard. Your yard. Yeah, this is, again, back to our public lands discussion. You mm-hmm. know, this is everyone's backyard. That's what public parks are. That's what a national park is. This is our backyard. This is your backyard. You own this. You own a part of this. Um, At least from the ability to go and experience it and enjoy it, um, that part of it is yours. Mm Mm-hmm. So to sit there and have someone go through your backyard and do this, and effectively for a lot of people, the response is really best summed up by, you know, two wonderful words, womp womp. Mm -hmm. That seems to be where a lot of people are with it. And I... I don't understand it. I try to understand it. I really do. I know there is a big push in this com- in our national conversation at the moment um, to that you know to diminish and take away and insult and deprive 
um, government workers and the necessity of their jobs, the importance of their jobs, the validity of their jobs, um, that's been the biggest part of the last uh, of the 35-day shutdown was right. attack, just this constant right. attack. Um, right. And I'm sure and there are makes people that will never visit that part. And, well, you know, I try to go with, I know there are people who will never visit that park. I have not visited that park at this point in my life. Um, but I also know there are people that will never care to visit that park. It's not important to them. It's not a thing that they want. You know, they don't care. Mm-hmm. Right. On some level, I can understand that. I can. Mm-hmm. But I also cannot, within that, understand mm-hmm. how that allows destruction of it, irrelevant, unimportant, and womp womp. Right. Well, what I don't get, and this aggravates me about when we talk about you know the latest rhetoric on federal employees. Mm-hmm. We're their bosses. We are their employer. We are Americans. We are their employer. We vote for an executive board called congressmen and presidents to control our company. We the people. If you would okay. not take some of the conversation that is going on about federal employees from your boss about you, why are you allowing and continuing to allow your agents to speak, work, and make decisions for you to do it? It has been challenging across the board um, mm-hmm. to to sit here, especially in the national conversation, and looking at that mm-hmm. from as you know, going with the executive board, um, you know, from our from our elected representatives, mm-hmm. and see the ugliness there towards mm-hmm. federal employees towards. Um, the severity of a 35-day shutdown and what this has meant. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. There's been a lot of heartlessness and callousness in this situation. Mm-hmm. Um, even coupled, like, and coupled with this kind of Marie Antoinette let them eat cake, no understanding, not a clue. Mm-hmm of the situation that you just plunged 800,000 people into. Mm -hmm. There are government employees that I'm sure go home. They make wonderful, wonderful banks. They Mm -hmm. can afford or theoretically should be able to afford to weather the storm. 
<laughs> but like any company, that's a small percentage. Right. That's your boardroom. That's at best your middle management. You know, really good company. Everyone mm-hmm. else, that first missed paycheck was a disaster. Mm-hmm. Period. End of discussion. That was a disaster um, for which it will take a very long time to recover. Forget, yeah, they're getting back pay, so it doesn't really matter. No, it matters. It matters a lot. Um, I'm very glad that many companies have stepped up and in the face of 800,000 federal employees going without pay to relax the rules, relax the policies, try to make accommodation, help out where they can, delay payments, you know, suspend interest, do what they can. I get that. Um, And that's to be applauded. Right. I think it's unfortunate that you had to be a federal employee. You had to be 800,000 people Mm -hmm. for companies to step up and go, let's act like human beings. Let's act like we care. Right. Well, I think that it's irreprehensible that instead of not paying our board members, we didn't pay the senior who works at a zoo showing your mm-hmm. children to zoo animals because his social security check doesn't pay his bills. Yeah. Well, and that's to do one it, of the we are in the last few seconds, I think, of the show. Yes, we are. I'll be back too. The time really the flew. Coffee shop. And Techie Joe will be back on Friday. So until then, Absolutely. see you later. Night, guys. Okay, we got like seven seconds. Did you know that you can have a reading with ASIN in person? Or you can reach him by phone, chat, or even text message. You should really check out his site.